0: I'm Mariangela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. All right. I'm so thrilled to have activist, politician, economist, teacher, socialist, and Seattle City Council member since 2012, Shama Sawant, as my guest today. She has led the social justice movement in Seattle and can be seen on the front lines of nearly every rally, protest, and movement around the city. I was so proud to walk next to her in last year's Trans Pride Parade, as well as support her movements to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, to tax Amazon for COVID-19 relief and her rent and mortgage freeze initiatives during this deadly pandemic that's hitting the working people of Seattle so hard. Shama has always been for the people and stood alongside minority and marginalized groups in our city fighting for equal rights, pay, and visibility. And my partner, Ryan, also happens to be her biggest fan and supporter. I'm so honored to have you here. Thanks for taking the time, Shama.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Just uh, one small correction. I, I've been on the council only since 2014, not the, since 2000. Oh, I
0: just gave you two extra years because I wanted
1: <laughs> them. So <laughs> thank you.
0: It's my, it's my, it's my wishful thinking. Um, well, first of all, what I like to do with everyone is do an emotional check in. You know, we're all kind of humanized in this situation. We're all at home, we're all social distancing. How are you doing today? How are you handling this quarantine?
1: I'm I'm doing well overall. I know it is extremely stressful for our community members, especially the working class families that have lost wages and income, and especially the ones who have lost their jobs entirely and have no uh, immediate end to their situation because we are now heading into a deep recession. So, you know, for me the way I keep my morale up is by continuing to help build our movement for social justice. And as you said, concretely around the question of taxing Amazon and other big businesses and also for renters' rights, including our demand for suspending, which means canceling all rental payments. Also, we, you know, uniting homeowners with that and making sure we cancel uh, all mortgage payments. And, you know, just one thing I'll say, our suffering could potentially be so much worse if we don't fight back, because let's not forget what happened in the wake of the Great Recession, you know, in 2008, since in the 10 years, since then, 10 or so years since then, uh, there have been nearly 8 million foreclosures on middle class and working class homeowners. So in other words, without going into too much detail at this moment, in other words, the ruling class, big business, the rich, they used the Great Recession as an excuse to further denude working families of their wealth, to carry out austerity measures and to, uh, you know, to make it much worse for people than it was before. So not only are we fighting the aftermath of this pandemic, we have to fight because otherwise they will take away what we, you know, the little that we have in the first place.
0: Right, I agree. I it's uh, interesting when you're talking about rent and mortgages because uh, Ryan and I both work in the uh, property management field, and so while it hasn't hit us now personally, we're watching it hit other people, and you know people that have that are on-site management like me or that you know, facility managers that have management companies that run their condominiums. We're we're waiting for this trickle down of when are people going to stop being able to pay their mortgages? When are these management companies going to get fired from these big corporate people that own these buildings? When is this going to start trickling down? And I think I was told to me the other day that while we felt this tidal wave, we haven't felt the aftershock yet.
1: I think you're right. I think the aftershocks are starting to come. And in fact, uh, I hope, you know, those who are listening, I mean, on the one hand, we have to fight back and keep our morale up and not get demoralized. But at the same time, it would be quite remiss of us if we didn't get a full sense of how bad this crisis is going to be. And it makes no sense. And it does no service to our fellow community members to gloss over the bitter realities that are now starting to unfold. And as you said, you know, individual property managers like you and Ryan, and even small landlords actually have written to us and said, I'm working with my tenants to make sure they don't become homeless, they don't face eviction. Unfortunately, uh, you know, good people like them are the minority. And for the most part, what we see, and this is unfortunately the reality of the capitalist system is itself, that most properties are owned and managed by big corporations, by millionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires, who honestly are both out of touch with the reality that they inflict on most of us. And also they don't care. They don't, yeah. you know, so in reality... Uh, what we need and i'm am glad you mentioned this about you and ryan we need to bring uh you know people who um, may you know, think that they're on the other side, but actually are on the same side as us. We need to unite renters, homeowners and all the small landlords who are and property managers who are willing to fight alongside us. But we absolutely have to be clear uh, about how ruthless property management corporations and landlords, corporate landlords are going to be. And just one case in point, Cornell and Associates, which is a massive property management corporation, as I'm sure you know, they own 75 apartment, residential apartment buildings, and on Capitol Hill alone. And in the Seattle area, they own or manage 5,500 units. So these are this is a mega corporation, and what they've been doing is making sure that all their tenants are feeling threatened with future evictions once the statewide moratorium is lifted. And even though the tenants are reaching out to them and appealing to them to negotiate rents with them because, you know, they've lost their jobs right, and they can't right, pay, right, right. Uh, but they're refusing to negotiate. And just, I'll end on this, I just received an email from a tenant of Cornell & Associates who says that they just sent them a rent increase notice of $250. Wow.
0: And, you know, it's interesting because Governor Inslee, in his last... Um, speech uh breaking news whatever about this update you know he said to notify their offices when this is happening and but you know how how are are they really taking steps to find these people and you know it's it, it seems like nothing's being done it seems like it's a little bit of a ruse here because and and as i'm I'm not the property manager i'm this on-site uh you know management that handles yeah you know, a, a toilet or whatever. or right, right. and um, But I, you know, I've also been human with a lot of the people in this building. And I, I tell them from a personal standpoint, if you lost your job, don't you just do what you can. And I always tell them what I think I know, which is pay your utilities last, the city can't turn anything off for you right now. Like, prioritize what you pay right now, because we're all just doing what we can. And then those, you know, people in my lives that I know that are doing well, that are that are that got their stimulus checks, and that are very privileged, I'm really encouraging them to give part of those checks or all of them to people that have lost their jobs to you know, people of color that are on the front lines to people that are undocumented that don't get those checks. So it's definitely a we have to have some mutual aid here, because these large corporations, these large owners, these large landlords aren't giving a fuck like they don't care. They're raising rent, which is so asinine to me. And there's no end in sight and right now like we said we don't know how long how far this is going to extend these four phases we don't know how long that's going to take it's there's no end in sight we just hit may i mean uh, rents are going to be ridiculously and mortgages are going to be affected for for the entire summer maybe the fall but there's Absolutely. no answers
1: no, and, and don't ex- and we shouldn't expect answers from the political establishment. One, because just the scale of the crisis is such that there is no there is no real, in my view, uh, an effective way to enforce this. I mean, just to give you an example, just in the first month after the statewide moratorium on eviction uh, happened, uh, was put in place, the uh, t- state attorney general's office got at least 300 notifications, you know, from 300 different tenants that there, uh, that these uh, executive orders from the governor were not being enforced. So yeah. I don't see the government having the wherewithal, let alone the political will to address each of those complaints. And so ultimately, rather than relying on a legalistic approach um, rather you know rather than relying on a legalistic kind of uh, approach where we believe that oh that these uh, laws are going to be enforced we have no choice but to actually build a mass resistance you know actually resort to political struggle and that is why at this moment a political struggle by renters and by workers in workplaces are extremely crucial and they will be, become more crucial as the recession becomes even, you know, it magnifies itself and becomes harder and harder. I mean, let's look at the projections, right? Economists are saying that uh, by, in the second quarter of the uh, of this year, the United States GDP is going to shrink by 40%. I mean, we're talking about a depression-like scenario. We are expecting 50 million uh, American workers to be unemployed. And many millions of them, at least 23 million as projected, are going, it's not only about rent. We are, you know, because we don't have Medicare for all, let alone socialized medicine, we have now a projection that Uh, Tens of millions of American workers, once they are laid off, will also lose their health insurance, which means that they will be forced, especially families with children and elderly community members, they will have to, family members, they will have to buy insurance because they won't have a choice, which means that their troubles are going to be magnified beyond just losing their job. So imagine, on the one hand, you're losing your job, so you're losing your paycheck. On the other hand, your expenses are going up because you also have to buy health care. So. Uh, So, you know, how does this translate into a political struggle? I mean, one concrete avenue I want to point out is this. See, even if you scrounge together some money to pay April rent, let's say you do it for May. Let's say you're able to stretch it to June. But if you have no job in sight for months, which is going to be true for tens of millions of Americans, and that means tens of thousands in Seattle, hundreds of thousands in Washington state. If you don't have any prospect of getting a job for months on end, let alone maybe a year or so, then how are you going to pay rent month after month after month? Maybe you can pull through for a couple of months, but after that you will run out of cash. So once the moratorium is lifted, which it will be because the political establishment is not on our side, the democratic establishment is not on our side, what will happen? Eviction notices are going to flood in. And unless we build a political struggle of renters and homeowners against the big banks, against the corporate landlords and property management corporations like Cornell, evictions are not only going to be true uh, happening, there's going to be a massive wave of evictions and foreclosures. That is exactly what happened in the wake of the Great Recession. That is why I'm using that as an example to say, if we don't fight, that's what's waiting for us around the corner. I mean this is, and this is why we're fighting for the tax uh, Amazon tax as well because here's here's the here's the bitter mathematics of recessions. Uh, first of all, because it's such a bad recession, we're going to have such a huge cost associated with it. You know, uh, Kenneth Rogoff, who's a Harvard economist, just said that the Great Recession, as bad as it was, now starts to seem like a dry run for what we are about to head into. And he said, we're about to head into uh, the mother of all recessions. And so so that's one point. The other point is the mathematical reality of recessions. Somebody is going to pay for this recession. That is, there's no right. question. Somebody is going to pay. The only question now is who will pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it going to be working people and the most vulnerable yet again who will be stuck with the price tag? Or are we going to actually build a movement to fight back and make sure that the big banks, the ones that are getting bailed out, the ones that are getting trillions of dollars, they get to pay for this crisis?
0: Well, so this week um, on the episodes that I'm releasing, we're ta- we, I talked to small businesses, small restaurants that are fighting, leading the charge of of trying to call out the, the large businesses and the large restaurants to the table that are taking this relief money. And for, for the rent, I have a lot of people asking me, like, how do I get behind this? How do I support this movement? Because I want to get rent. I don't want rent to be halted or paused because that still means I... I have a balance at the end of all of this. And that's what's hurting people is the balance due during this pause. It needs to be erased. It needs to be forgiven. How do people get behind this movement, Shama?
1: Right. So uh, first of all, just to note one of the points you made uh, about how big business is not only the ones, you know, trying to, first of all, they are profiteering from this pandemic, Many of the big corporations are actually increased their wealth. And in fact, the Institute for Policy Studies has a new study that shows that actually billionaires enriched themselves by 400 some odd billion dollars uh, in the last two months. Uh, And, you know, so it is is just stunning that they are actually getting richer at the same time that so many of us are facing this, uh, you know, biggest crisis of our lifetimes. Uh, And as far as the... Question about, you know, how do do we actually make this happen? I mean, uh, this is precisely why we have, you know, through my office and community organizations, we've launched a petition. I'm happy to share the link with you where uh, we are demanding a suspension, which is canceling of rent, mortgage and utility payments statewide, meaning you should be able to not have to pay for this and the cost be paid by big landlords by big corporations by the big banks because they are the ones with the cash they are the great, ones that are profiteering great. right now we have to do that And just one thing I'll, I'll i'll add is that you know tenants as you said correctly you know tenants are not looking to uh, you know skip out free it's really big business that are you know that are parasitic in the economy uh, working class tenants are uh, you know are looking to do the right thing, and many of them are approaching their landlords to negotiate their rents when uh, you know when they have lost their jobs and so on. So uh, I would really encourage small landlords to you know uh, enter into that kind of negotiation with their tenants and be on the same side as tenants rather than on the side of big business and big corporations and big landlords. okay
0: i'm gonna I'm gonna make sure and have that link that you, you'll give me that link after, and we'll include it in the episode, because I think there are a lot of people that are like, what does this look like? How can I be part of this? And what is this rollout? Because I, I want to understand it. I want this to be part of my life and work. But I also want this to be sustainable and to actually happen. Because there's a lot of people that are like, this is ideal, but how do we make this work? And I think that, you know, you are proof that if enough people get behind it, we can be seen and heard.
1: Yes, and I and I just wanted to add that, and I'm about to actually share the link with you. Uh, we, um, uh, we 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 we're we've seen that over 9,000 people statewide have signed this petition that I'm talking about, which I'm about to share with you. So we have a lot of company, and in fact, it's not just us nationwide. There are a number of I mean, I, I I've lost count now of the number of organizations that have. Um, Uh, launched campaigns. Similarly, in fact, it almost seems like we all got on the same page and did it coordinated. It wasn't even coordinated. But this is the need of the hour. So we have hundreds of campaigns nationwide that are calling for a suspension of rent, mortgage and utility payments. I mean, those exact words. So we are in good company. So what we need is to keep uh, getting organized. And I would say concretely that Uh, For those of you who are listening to this, you should start if you're a tenant, you should start talking to your fellow tenants in your building because we needed to have this struggle to begin uh, organized in a concrete manner. You know, it's not it's not it's not enough for us to be talking about this. We have to actually get organized and organizing means you have to talk to people who are in the same situation. Try to win them over because, you know, it will be completely understandable for tenants to feel afraid to get organized because, of course, it is logical to be scared in the sense that you have uh, the uh, corporate landlords with so much power to evict you. You're not only facing the prospect of becoming homeless, you're facing the prospect of having to go to court. Uh, having an eviction against your renting record, having a damage to your credit rating, being in debt. so there is right. a lot that's at stake. But the right. flip side I just and I, but I want to make sure everybody knows the flip side of this is that while it is uh, you know it's understandable for you to be scared to be organized. Remember that if we don't get organized, that is exactly what's waiting for us. You will be taken to court, you will be evicted, and you will have back payments and you will have damage to your credit rating. Because evictions are going to happen if we don't fight back.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when I I think it's a great idea to get people to organize in the small circles that they have. Because I think right now to wrap your head around this whole thing is like how this will never happen. But we can organize in our own apartments, buildings in our own communities and say, let's have our own little meeting. Let's talk about like half this building is Amazon workers, but let's talk to them. Let's see what how they feel about it. We don't know. And so I think you're right. And I think that's a great um, takeaway for other people is what can I do is you can start small with the people around you that you can affect and then you go from there.
1: Yeah, and and, I, and actually another link that I shared with you that you can share with your uh, uh, with your listeners is uh, an FAQ, a frequently asked questions around how do you start organizing in your building and why you should organize because you don't have a choice right now. You need to get organized, uh, and also uh, you know just to give you a concrete example, there's a building called Ben Lamon in Capitol Hill, which is owned by a billionaire couple and is managed by Cornell and Associates, the company I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And those tenants are actually getting organized. And it's interesting the kind of unity they've built. The people who uh, live there, you know, the tenants, they are all, you know, they range from line cooks and baristas to tech workers and healthcare workers. And there's a strong unity among them. And people who are able to pay their rent are also united with the people who are not able to pay their rent and saying, look, we need to be together, because otherwise, we are all going to sink. Yeah,
0: I totally agree. I thank you for that. Because I I was having a hard time myself wrapping my head around it. And I realize now we need to do some organization in this building. So, before we end, I know you have a little bit of a time crunch here, but I do have some lightning questions because I want people to remember that this is also, we're all together in this, and meaning we're all in the quarantine together. We are not all together in regards to there are some people that still have to work. There are some people that have are marginalized and don't have the opportunity that those of us do have. And so, um, when I say we're all in this together, meaning we're we're all human. And so, I think that Um, I want to humanize you a little bit for a minute and let people know that at the end of the day, Shama is also a person that's dealing with this. So I have a few James Lipton questions that I want to throw past you. Um, My own version, that is. Um, I want to know if you have a favorite swear word. (laughs) I do. Do you? I like that you're laughing about it. That means that there's, it's something good.
1: Do you want me to tell you that? Yeah, I do. We can curse here. Uh, my, my favorite word is fuck.
0: Yeah, that's everybody's. It's like 99% of the answers I know, here.
1: I know, I that's, know. That's good that I have a lot of company there. You do. <laughs> you
0: have so much company. That's so good. That's good. Okay, so during this, when you get stressed out, and I know you're so busy, you have a lot. Are you listening to a certain kind of music or are you reading a certain book right now that's calming you down or that's helping you?
1: Uh. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually, uh, you know, uh, trying to take the time that you know. It's it's, it's for, on the one hand, it's overwhelmingly busy because we are fighting along the tax attacks, uh, Amazon and rent strike movements. But at the same time, because I'm home, I'm also trying to uh, do more yoga than I used to be able to in the last two years, especially with the re-election campaign last year. So I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, Mediterranean music while while doing it. Wow, uh, I love that. Months. That's awesome.
0: Okay, so I want you to name three influential people who have inspired you to be who you are today, who are not white, straight, cis men. (laughs) Because they have enough Uh, attention. uh,
1: Well, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that kind of, uh, with posing it that way, because uh, ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, uh, people, there are lots of people who are uh, you know, look like me, but they don't represent communities of color. Uh, I mean, totally just to agree. give you an example, you know, in, on the city council, we have a super majority of women and a majority of people of color. And yet I'm not sure if the Amazon tax will pass because the council members uh, who should be on the side of ordinary people who need this tax have not come on the side. And in fact, the among the people, among the council members who repealed the tax in 2018, Those three, the three women are still on this council, Juarez, Gonzalez and Herbold, and and two of them are women of color. So I respectfully don't accept that kind of division because at the end of the day, uh, we have to unite people regardless of race and gender and sexual orientation within the working class. You know, the working class needs to be united Uh, And having said that, I I think, you know, the people who have inspired me are not going to be all women of color or, you know, uh, uh, not not cis or whatever. I think uh, it's important that we recognize uh, the people who are politically inspiring to us. And so I would say uh, that the people who have inspired me the most, and these are not people I know personally because they were, I was not alive when they were alive. Yeah, of course, of course. Is... uh, of course, Karl Marx, not surprisingly, uh, Leon Trotsky, and Rosa Luxemburg.
0: Yeah, those are good answers. Yeah, I think my my reasoning for that is more because I want people in those smaller, um, marginalized groups to feel represented and to know that there are inspiring people in their lane that they can go to or read their book or whatever. It's, it's more bringing the focus on them rather than not uniting.
1: Oh, uh, and then there's no question about it. We've had seen, we've seen some incredible courageous fighters with integrity, but I just mean that I don't want to divide them on, on that basis, but that doesn't mean, I just want to clarify that doesn't mean denying the inherent ability of the capitalist system to uh, inflict, uh you know, uh, specific oppressions, you know, racism in the United States is a very real thing. The oppression of lower castes in India is a very real thing, but my my point is that in order to actually defeat a system that creates oppression and bring about a system that is oppression-free, we will need to unite all oppressed people. Doesn't mean that they're all oppressed to the same level, but we need to unite them against the billionaire class. They are not on our side, and I don't care if the CEO of PepsiCo or whatever is an indian woman she is not on my side she, and oh, she's on agreed the other side agreed me, agreed you know?
0: yeah i totally agree and i think that right now especially racism is being seen in this covid crisis in in the people that are not getting help in the you know our essential workers are not getting pay raises they're not getting hazard pay oh, and yeah. they are mostly minorities people of color who are forced to go back to work Absolutely. and they're the ones perishing and it's fucking heartbreaking and it's Um, I'm seeing people on my Facebook losing family members.
1: Oh, absolutely. There is no there is no such, I mean, it's a mythology that the COVID crisis is affecting everyone the same way. That is not true. First of all, the super rich are in their mansions or they're fleeing to resorts in New Zealand and so on. Uh, the working class is suffering and within the working class, absolutely. It is communities of color that have uh, had, um, you know, have um, absorbed the disproportionate burden of COVID crisis. Part of it is by being uh, the majority in the essential workforce, as you correctly said. Also, look at what's happening in Queens, you know, the hotbed of coronavirus deaths and also suicides. Those are communities of color. Those are immigrant people. Many of them are afraid to even go to the doctor because they're afraid of deportation. So absolutely, we have to clarify that this is disproportionately affecting communities of color, LGBTQ people uh, and the trans community, which is, of course, has, you know, even without the pandemic, facing the uh, you know, highest rates of deaths, murders and suicides throughout the world. And so there's no question that we have to fight on those specific oppressions. But the best way of fighting against that is also to unite people around those things. And really, you know, just also remember when, when you know, when MLK, Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about racism, He was enough of a thorn in the side of the capitalist class, U.S. ruling class. But when he really became a threat to them was when he said we need to unite white working people and black working people together. When he started marching on the sanitation workers strikes in Memphis, that is when he became a real threat, because it is in the in the interest of the capitalist class to keep us divided along race. And it's in our interest to unite ourselves as a class, uh, but not by... um, you know, pretending that racism doesn't exist. We, right. we of course, recognize that it exists.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, my last question for you as we wrap up here is, um, hearkening back to young Shama, if you could have lunch with your younger self, what would you tell her? And more importantly, where would you guys eat or what would you eat for lunch? Uh,
1: like, knowing myself as an adult, what I would say... So what? I, what we would eat, probably uh probably something this is funny because uh, probably something with dill in it which is, and i reason i mentioned this is because i love love dill now and i talked to my mom who was i was a fabulous cook and i love cooking you know she instilled that love in me she and my grandmother but the thing, the reason I mentioned dill is that I hated dill when I was a child. And that. it seemed like eating grass to me. And I remember my mom saying, it is good. It's so tasty. How can you not like it? And I hated that it ever appeared on my plate. And so I know it's something silly, but I would uh, I would definitely have a meal with dill in it. And I would tell the young Shama that, um, uh, you know, the society has a way of making, especially women, but people in general, feel less about themselves because, again, that's in the interest of an oppressive system for working people, for ordinary people to feel like... You're no good. You're you If anything bad happens to you, it's your fault, not that it's a system that's uh, that's at fault. Uh, and I think that kind of uh, self-hate and diffidence is instilled by society in us in our young lives. And so, uh, I think. Uh, being part of an organized struggle like I am now and being a socialist really for me has been a massive antidote to my own personal crises as well. And so I I would just share this message with anybody who's listening that actually uh, being part of a political movement is such a powerful uh, antidote to personal depression as well. I'm not saying it's going to cure everything, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. that it helps to know that you're part of something bigger and that you're all fighting towards the same goal.
0: I love that. Thank you, Shama. Thank you so much for being here, for your time, for your work, for us people, working class, for the people, for all of the rights and the marginalized. And I've I've loved standing next to you over the years in, in various rallies and, and marches, and um, I'm excited for, for the future. So thanks again for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And it was such a pleasure and honor to march alongside you at the Trans Pride last year.
0: It was. And we can't do it this year, but virtually we'll all be there. Virtually. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.